¿Cómo estás, mi gente? Hello, everyone. Welcome back to our weekly Platica. My name is Paul Saldana. I'm a native Bostonite born and raised, and I'm proud to be taking on the new role as the official political correspondent for Hot Tejano and serving as a host for our new program called Habla y Volta. Yes, I know you're probably saying I'm not interested in hearing about la política, but trust me, I know that you'll be able to relate to some of the issues we want to discuss and share with you because at the end of the day, all of us are directly affected by decisions made by our, by our local elected officials. And of course, we can't talk about La Politica without without talking about the latest chisme in the community. And for that part of the program, I'll be turning to my co-producers and fellow chismosos. First, everyone's favorite Hot Tejano DJ and Mero Mero Chris Tejano Mentristan. What's happening, Chris? Oh, man, you know, just getting back from vacation. Had a great uh, vacation in Cali. Uh, we spent a few days in L.A., enjoyed the beautiful weather. And hit up the taco spots. So wow, I saw that, man. I saw that. Well, Lily and I are still waiting for our t-shirts, man. Hopefully, I got a Khalifa's t-shirt from you somewhere. Yeah, you know, I, it's in the mail, I promise. Uh, it's in the mail. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my God. Well, I'm, we're glad you made it back and you, you had a well-deserved uh, family vacation. And maybe we can talk a little bit more about that here in the show. And, of course, sure. the, the moral sure. compass of our our, our of our program, our Platica, our Hermanita, representing the next generation of Latina leaders, another native Bostonite, and everyone's favorite Samaripa. It's the incomparable Lily Samaripa Science. Que pasa, Lily? What's happening? Hey, hey, everyone. Very jealous of Chris's vacation. I feel like I want to take a vacation for a vacation. <laughs> <laughs> Poor Lily, man. Poor Lily. She's been at Hillside every week in the Solazo. She was there last night, and and uh, she's been there every week. I haven't even made it one week, and so she's been there representing. So uh, I know. Everyone, come on down. It's good music, good times, and it's moved down to 7, so it's a cooler time, and it's, it's always good music. That's right. That's right. That's right. And I know we, we've talked uh, uh, talking about the cheese. We've talked about the fact that Lily has a boyfriend and we talk about this every time we have our broadcast. So we're going to have to invite uh, Julian to come and join us one day. And so we can say we were there from the very beginning. Remember, Chris? Yeah, she had. Uh, I, I remember. Valentine's Day, I think it was. I remember. If I let him. If I let him. Flowers <laughs> delivered. <laughs> she had flowers delivered and chocolates and quinceañera, and she wouldn't tell us who they were from. So, you know. So, anyway, we're going to have to invite Julian on because he looks like us. He's got the pelon. We go to the same the same uh, barber. So, he's got the same. He said that. Yeah, he said something like that. <laughs> <laughs> well, listen, let's. we have a great show tonight, uh, and I'm really excited about our guest, someone that I recently had the pleasure of, of meeting. Uh, his name is Dr. Manuel Gonzalez. He's on the board of trustees with Austin Community College. And I'm really excited about the important leadership, the advocacy and the representation that Dr. Gonzalez brings, not only to Austin Community College, but certainly our Austin community uh, as, as a whole. Um, before I have Lily introduce him, I kind of want to set this up. So I want to talk about the importance of education and higher education. Uh, and, and, and those of you all who've been tuning in uh, over the last uh, uh, several months, you know, we always talk about the fact that our Latino population here in Austin, Travis County, represents about 33, 34 uh, percent of the population. But about 80 percent of Latinos in Austin, Travis County are young people under the age of 35. And probably most importantly, an alarming statistic in a positive way is that about 70 percent of Latinos in Austin are under the age of 19, which means they're still... Uh, matriculating through education and then hopefully higher education. And the fact that we have somebody like Dr. Gonzalez on the um, ACC Board of Trustees, along with our comadre, Dr. Nora Comstock, who's also on there, is, is real important. So um, uh, earlier this week, I actually ironically uh, came across this article uh, that was an older article, but it was basically a, a national survey that was done by an organization called Youth Truth. Uh, and they published a survey uh, youth Truth is a national nonprofit organization. They focus on uh, youth surveys uh, and specifically survey young people who are about to graduate from high school to sort of get a, a feel for what they're going to do after high school graduation. And so um, it's really important that they capture the student's perception, and then that helps the educators and then educating education funding funders um, who are really focused on accelerating improvements and access to higher ed uh, education sort of get a grasp of what what young people uh, are thinking. And so uh, in the survey that they did of the recent graduating class of 2022, what they showed in that survey were declines in the percentage of people who wanted to go to college compared to the last class 
before the pandemic. And what was particularly concerning is the percentage of male, Latino, Black high school seniors uh, who want to go to college has declined the last three years. And so one of the things that they picked out on their, one of their observations or, or, or uh, findings, if you will, is that the percentage of Latino students who want to go to college uh, dropped from 79% to 71%. Uh, and, you know, one of the key finding factors in examining uh, these students is that, you know, obviously these, the class of 2022 lived more than half of their high school career during the COVID-19 uh, pandemic. And so that was uh, something obviously we know uh, and keenly aware about here um, in Austin. And then the last thing I'll, I'll just say, uh, there was a, a quote in there from uh, Deborah Santiago, who's a CEO of Excelencia in Education. Uh, her point was, we are seeing the deferring of higher education as an option in communities where community college has more the option as they are considering work instead. Uh, the opportunity cost of going to college for low-income first-generation Latino students, and especially for men of color, is much more acute uh, right now with inflation, low unemployment, and increasing cost of going to college. So we do we do think institutions need to be more cognizant of this and um, uh, and helping to meet students where they are and offering learning uh, opportunities, learning and earning opportunities for more clear pathways uh, to the to the workforce. And and I mentioned the fact that uh, I had the honor and privilege of meeting Dr. Gonzalez earlier this year, and I know one of the things that um, he speaks passionately about is equity in education. So I'm really looking forward to, to our plática today. So let me turn it over to Lily and have her formally introduce Dr. Manuel Gonzalez to our listeners. Lily. Thank you. Dr. Manuel Gonzalez currently serves on the Austin Community College District Board of Trustees for PLACE. He is seeking re-election this coming November 2022. In his professional role, Dr. Gonzalez serves as director of the South Region Operations for Western Governors University, WJGU, a nonprofit online university established in 1997 by 19 U.S. governors to expand access to higher education across the nation. As director of regional operations, Dr. Gonzalez leads strategic initiatives and education partnerships efforts in the South Region, which includes Texas, Louisiana, Arkansas, Oklahoma, and New Mexico. Through this work, Dr. Gonzalez expands access to higher education and builds pathways to careers in the high-demand, high-need workforce fields of education, nursing slash healthcare, IT, and business. Prior to joining WGU, Dr. Gonzalez served as Executive Director for the Community College Association of Texas Trustees, a membership organization representing more than 400 elected trustees and regents across the state's 50 public community college districts. Dr. Gonzalez built trustee and region capacity through professional development, supporting, low, supporting board leadership committees, and engaging trustees with legislative advocacy strategies. Dr. Gonzalez's career also includes work for the University of Texas at Austin, the Texas House of Representatives, and the White House Domestic Policy Council. Dr. Gonzalez holds a bachelor's degree in management from Trinity University, an MEC in college and university personnel administration, the PhD in education leadership and policy, both from the University of Texas at Austin. During his higher education academic career, Dr. Gonzalez focused his research efforts understanding and addressing issues related to college access student success, adult learners, and college affordability. Dr. Gonzalez currently serves on the Board of Directors of Leadership Austin, Board of Directors for Friends of the Children, Austin, and on the Steering Committee for Austin Community Foundation, Somos Austin. In his free time, Dr. Gonzalez spends time with his wife, Andrea, and their three young children, coaching and watching the respective games at town and country sports, serving as Palm Springs Elementary PTA Vice President, and always searching for the best coffee and taco spots around town. Bienvenido, Bienvenido Dr. Gonzalez. Yes, that was quite a bio, quite a resume. Yes. I think uh, quite a novella. So Chris is going to have to add some novella music as Lily's reading that bio. <laughs> yeah, Lily, thank you very much for sharing that, uh, you know, my, my story. I feel like... Uh, 
uh, really what it boils down to is that I'm somebody who likes to get involved in nerdy conversations <laughs> about governance, about policy, about higher education, and tacos and coffee are always necessary in, in all of those conversations. So Absolutely. recommendations, uh, I will always <laughs> welcome those. Absolutely. And, and before we went on the air, he was nice enough to say that Abla Ibotas is among his favorite podcasts that he listens wait, to. So wait, wait a minute. Wait, wait, listen. Hang on a second. Did you say tacos? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. He said tacos, and and actually, when we get into the cheese, man, we're going to talk about tacos in Houston and and Austin. So we're going to get into that conversation yes. here a little bit in Houston. But so so I, I don't know whether I don't I don't think really you covered this in the bio, but uh, but uh, Dr. Gonzalez is from you're from Houston, correct? Correct. Yeah, and I, and when I say Houston, I mean Houston proper because uh, okay. seven one three inside the loop. Uh, Houston, you know, I've met plenty of people who say they're from Houston and then they say the Woodlands, but no, I'm from Houston, East End in particular, uh, you know, where, where the gente live, right? Like, okay, that's what I was going to ask you. Are you from this? I was going to say, because I had Houston Heights, Magnolia Parks, uh, Segundo Barrio, Northside. I was <laughs> so, ready to go, you know, walking, name them. walking distance to the original Ninfas, you know, and, and wow. you can get, you know, uh, authentic Tex-Mex, Mexican food uh, easily. All right. More affordable than here in Austin, actually. Oh, I, well. I bet, I bet. And y'all probably have homemade tortillas. There are only a few places here in Austin that have homemade tortillas. Oh, yeah. And, and that's how you know, <laughs> that's how you can probably legit places. When, when you that's right. That that's right. And, and well, listen, before we before we get into the plática and conversation about higher education, <laughs> we sort of already segue into uh, the fact that you're from Houston. So, I, you know, I think for, for our listeners, tell us a little bit more about where you grew up your family upbringing and, and what led you to the decision to get involved in, in public office? Yeah, uh, and, and, and Lily, thank you again for sharing that. And thank you all for including me in these conversations. I enjoy always hearing about the community engagement and involvement from uh, Latino leaders and, and, and civic uh, organizers as well. Uh, born and raised in Houston, the son of immigrants who immigrated from, Me from Mexico uh, when they were younger um, at different times. Uh, I will say that my parents came to the United States with very limited um, means. You know, they came here uh, as, as children of, of hard workers, and they themselves had to work hard them, uh, in order to get anything that they needed. Um, my parents didn't have college educations, and it wasn't until later in life where my mother decided, you know what, I need to practice what I preach. And so if I want to make sure that my children uh, take their education seriously, then I need to be that example. And so I often share the story that growing up, my brother and I attended community college classes with my mother as she was earning her GED, uh, sitting through college level algebra tutoring sessions, uh, going to all of these night classes when, of course, we we're middle schoolers and the last thing we wanted to do was being on a college campus. Uh, and so, you know, while at the time we probably didn't appreciate uh, what my mother was going through and, and what my father was trying to do in terms of create, um, you know, uh, uh, opportunities for us. Uh, little did I know that planted the seeds for my future work in terms of interest in providing access to higher education for underserved communities, Latino communities, adult learners, folks who've attempted college, didn't finish it the first time, but realized that higher education is a pathway to economic mobility. And so uh, that's where I got my passion for higher education. I eventually ended up, as Lily mentioned, getting my PhD in higher education policy and administration where now my focus has always been to how do we get more communities, more individuals, more adult learners uh, to and through higher education, understanding that that's really the true means to getting access to not just career security, but healthcare, childcare, housing, all the things that come with, you know, um, having that credential or that degree. And so that's where my passion lies. And, and community college is really where the good work is being done with regards to providing access to higher ed. Absolutely. And, you know, we were uh, at the very beginning, I prefaced our conversation about this uh, recent survey that was done over the summer by um, by this uh, national organization called Youth Truth. And, and specifically, they were talking about, um, you know, concerns about Latino and African-American males in, in particular, who compared to their peers, a higher percentage of Latino students were unsure about uh, what they were going to be doing next. Uh, and I think looking, diving in, diving a little deeper overall, the percentage of students who said they intended to attend a community college, that that number had fallen uh, over the course of the last three years from 25% to 19%. Specifically, these students are more likely to be Latino uh, than, than, than white. 
And so I mentioned the fact that you are very committed and passionate about equity and, and making sure that here locally, you know, we're doing our part to ensure we're meeting uh, underserved communities and students. Um, so let's talk a little bit uh, about your work and, and your impressive resume and by all the work that you've done, not only here in Austin, but in Texas and nationally. Uh, let's talk a little bit about more how how equity has helped to form the passion and your service to our yeah, community. So, so so while in grad school, I had the pleasure of working with Dr. Victor Sines, uh, who you probably all know. Oh, yeah, Victor. Well, no, not yeah. just in the Austin area, but nationally. He penned an uh, article with uh, another academic, Dr. Luis Panuan, mm -hmm. uh, at Texas A&M. And it was called The Vanishing Latino Male in Higher Education, where it really highlighted that despite, and this is pre-pandemic, the gains that the Latino community was seeing in higher education attainment, that attainment was mostly being done by Latinas. And we mm. appreciate all that the Latinas do and, and celebrate all that they were doing. But when you disaggregated that data, that Latino males were, at, in fact, often struggling behind them and across various metrics, whether it was time. And, to for, and for our listening audience, pardon the interruption, Lily has a big smile on her face because she's <laughs> um, uh, she's smiling with orgullo about her hermanas and Latina community who are continuing hey. to, to outshine and, and outwork our Latino brothers, hermanos. Absolutely. I and see for, you. <laughs> and so pre-pandemic, you know, this was a phenomenon where we were celebrating the, you know, the, the graduation rates and, and the, the improved time to graduation, the GPAs, the matriculating to grad school, you name it, of Latinas. We're really concerned about the Latino male and them being outpaced by Latinas in terms of wanting to ensure that as the state and the nation becomes increasingly more black and brown, yeah. that we're not creating a society in which those populations, those communities are undereducated, thus creating almost, in essence, a de facto apartheid where you have a minority of, of white at that point, uh, community members uh, having all the leadership positions because of their educational attainment. And you have black and brown communities serving kind of as a, a, a lower tier because of the inability at the time to uh, maintain a similar educational attainment. Um, that pandemic has completely uh, cratered a lot of the success that we were seeing in terms of the Latino community, in terms of outcomes. That while the across the board, you saw people struggling and, and still struggling with regards to basic needs and security. Often mm -hmm. that pursuit of higher education kind of fell to the wayside as people yeah. were trying to meet, you know, um, their economic, you know, responsibilities or financial responsibilities, just in general, trying to maintain their positive mental health and the additional strain of higher education was just going to add to that. Yeah. And so what we saw in the pandemic is that, you know, our numbers in terms of equity were really being challenged. So for community colleges across the state of Texas, enrollment declines were about 11%. Um, and if you really disaggregate that again, in terms of black and brown students, mm -hmm. you're seeing a, a harder uh, economic uh, enrollment decline amongst those communities. And why that's, you know, again, uh, really important, as you kind of alluded to uh, at the start, is that as we see Latinos becoming increasingly the majority in terms of demographics across mm -hmm. the region, across the state, across the nation, mm -hmm. that really is going to, you know, create some negative ramifications if, the, if, if our community is not succeeding and not pursuing higher education at that same rate that we were seeing pre-pandemic and definitely at that same rate as their white counterparts. Yeah, and, and I know that in Texas, the state of Texas, we have somewhere around 5.5 million students in public schools, and half, more than half of those students are, are, are people from our community, our Latino students. And so since uh, um, we certainly represent the future, it's very cliche, uh, you know, our children are the future, but, but in, in our case, it really is true. And whether we're ready for it or not, or rather, and, and whether or not fellow Texans and fellow Austinites are, are ready for it or not, um, you know, our kids, our children, uh, our Latino community certainly represent the future and certainly will help influence the economic landscape and, and a lot of the public policies uh, and quality of life issues that our community continues to face. So it's really important to make sure that um, our, our folks, our young people have access to education and more importantly that while they're there, that they're successful and have certainly have, have successful matriculation into uh, Austin Community College, four-year college, and then go on to get master's degrees and PhDs and all those good stuff as well. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. And, and, you know, one of the things that really drew me to ACC and why I've really been passionate about community colleges in general is that when we talk about institutions that are trying to meet students where they're at, 
mean, mm-hmm. that's community colleges, yeah. you know, I, and I went to a four-year liberal arts uh, school in, in San Antonio Trinity University. I went to UT Austin for my graduate degrees. I love both those institutions for a lot of different reasons because of the networks and the faculty mm-hmm. and the connections that I made. Mm-hmm. When we're talking about providing access to higher education, that's really meaningful in terms of pathways and credentials and careers community colleges is where it's at. And so ACC has done a really great job in terms of uh, trying to meet, trying to make itself into a student ready institution rather than asking students to be college ready. But there's still a lot of work that we can do around trying to meet the basic needs and security that we know, uh, not just our black and brown students, but all individuals are are, are trying to navigate as cost of housing, as inflation, as all of these challenges that, you know, today's uh, community is facing. Absolutely. Well, so, you know, I I often talk about my struggles um, through public education being a product of desegregation and then having a learning disability. So, um, you know, uh, public education, reading, comprehension, those types of things were always very difficult for me because of my dyslexia. Uh, But what I found was attending Austin Community College was a a great support system. The classrooms were smaller uh, and there was a great uh, support system and wraparound services. so, so when I struggled, um, you know, I had resources available to me uh, there in the campus. Lily, I think, did you also attend Austin Community College as well before graduating? I did. Yeah. I did. I got my associate's degree from ACC, and I absolutely adore ACC. I really wish I could have gotten my bachelor's degree there, but I actually preferred my time at ACC over my time at, at Texas State, and I made some great friends at, at Texas State and had some great classes, but ACC, I feel, is just home. Yeah, yeah. And, and it's always fascinating because I, you hear, when you talk to somebody who actually has had a community college experience, you often hear that story kind of resonate that, you know, it was an institution that really was supportive, that really wanted to see my own personal growth. And I think what we'll often hear about for folks who don't go to community college, and we're often trying to combat this in the community college um, you know, sector across the nation is that community college uh, uh, stigma, where if you went to community college, that it's inferior, that the quality of education, that the level of instruction is all inferior to a tier, uh, to a, a four-year institution, when in fact, research shows that students who graduate with their associates and then transfer to a four-year institution often perform even better than those who go directly into a four-year institution because there's a level of maturity, there's a level of navigating the system, there's a lot of uh, capital and and experience that is gained in community college experiences that often those who don't have that uh, knowledge or understanding of what community college does and provides uh, take, I guess, don't don't recognize the value they're added. And so, again, I always emphasize that there's a value in terms of, of not just the low cost and tuition, but just in general, the the ecosystem and the support systems that we have now, we're not perfect, are, are much more uh, mi- mindful and, and meaningful than what you might find at a four-year institution. Yeah, I agree with that. I think that was one thing there, there was, you know, this perceived stigma, negative stigma sometimes. And, and I remember when I was going to ACC, um, I think the people referred to Austin Community College as all can come. Uh, and and I took that as hand. And for me, I mean, I, it, to me, it, it actually was that because what I mentioned, because of my learning disabilities, um, you know, there was that challenge for me. And, and I felt that this was a reality because of the great support system, the smaller classrooms, all those things. And it made me feel, gave me the confidence that I needed, I think, to say, okay, you know, this is something tangible that I can do. Um, so I took that perceived stigma and turned it into something positive. I said, look, I'm an example. You're right. All can come to Austin Community College because if somebody with a learning disability had all these challenges and I was successful doing that here and not successful in other places, then that in itself should prove the fact that Austin Community College is there to support um, support our community. And, and, and you see that every single day with regards to our faculty and staff in terms of why they come to our institution. They know that the, the impact that they have directly on the lives and the trajectory of their students, of those families. I mean, we're breaking generational poverty here yeah. when we talk about helping students advance. Now, you have some students who are only trying to get you know a core, core courses uh, completed before they transfer on, and we're here for that. But we're also here for that individual who is in their 30s. Maybe they were let go or maybe they're trying to reskill or, mm-hmm. or, or, or learn a new skill and, and change professions. So we provide 
that, that trade certificate opportunity. And we also provide continuing education for those who want to come back and, again, maybe uh, seek a different career path. And so we really try to, again, be the, the true community college, the commu college for all individuals in the Austin area. And, and, and you see that with the expansion of our services, not just in Highland, which we always emphasize Highland because it's, it's a fascinating uh, kind of case study of, you know, coming in and, and buying a, a, a mall that, that is dilapidated. And, well, that's and what I was going to say. Chris doesn't have his camera on, but no, we're not talking about Highland Mall, Chris. We're talking about Back in the 90s. Highland I know. Community <laughs> College, not the mall, Michael. And, 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 and Chancellor Rose. <laughs> and, and, and I have, we have to give credit to Chancellor Rhodes and the leadership of the board for having the, the vision to say, hey, you know what? We are going to repurpose this site and make it uh, a centralized location that has support yeah. services that can be a central hub for various communities. And that really provides a, a various incubators and, and, and tech hub for individuals to come and, and reskill and, and again, earn, earn their credentials and, and, and degrees. And, and it is a, a phenomenal uh, space that, you know, we had our, our final grand opening earlier this spring. And I encourage folks, if they haven't seen it, to, to just walk in. Uh, it, you don't have to have, we always tell people, you don't have to be an enrolled student to walk around campus. In fact, we encourage folks to often take foot on the campus so you can see for yourself firsthand all the buzz around the, the campus, especially post-pandemic as we have folks now on campus and just realize how much of a gem that is. But I, I, I say that, but that's not the only thing that we have. Of course, we have great uh, uh, vet tech resources in Elgin. We, we are increasing nursing re resources and programs in Round Rock and in Hayes, recognizing that there's a nursing shortage and we're mm -hmm. trying to meet the need of the community. And we yeah. built a new beautiful campus in Leander. And so as Austin grows, ACC is growing to meet the needs of the growing community. Yeah. And again, it's an exciting community college and time to be a part of the ACC family. Absolutely. Lily, you were going to interject something? Yeah, I'm so sorry. No, uh, that computer lab that they have at Highland, y'all, yeah. that computer lab is everything <laughs> if you are a student. Oh, my gosh, the tutoring part. Just the, the it's perfect for you to spread out your binders, even your food, <laughs> your drinks, your coffee. It's great. It's, it's and, called um, the, the accelerator. The accelerator. And, and, the accelerator. Yeah. yeah. And the ACC is in that, so of course. If you you know very very mm -hmm. marketing uh, intent uh, intentional, but uh, yeah, it, again that 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 space has won awards for the layout, for the intentionality of trying to bring students and bring faculty together and really yeah. create, again, this environment in which you are uh, providing hands-on tutoring and, and instruction that is meaningful and allows for students to feel like they have that true support and, and develop the confidence yeah. to be successful at ACC. Well, one, thing, one of the things that I want to want to cover, I would be remiss if I didn't bring this up as a, as a former Austin ISD trustee, uh, is the fact that there's been a longstanding partnership between Austin ISD and Austin Community College uh, by providing our students in Austin to our early college high schools access to free free college classes. And so we have young people who can go through Austin ISD and graduate high school and also have a grad and graduate with an associate's uh, degree because of the longstanding partnership between Austin Community College. Let's talk a little bit more about that, Dr. Gonzalez. Yeah, so so dual credit and early college high schools. I mean, that is something that uh, Chancellor Rhodes uh, has championed, and that we as a board are fully supportive of. I mean, the the study shows that dual credit students not only have a faster time to degree in terms of earning not just their two year degree because they're doing it as part of their high school studies, but those who often want to go on and transfer into a four year institution are graduating faster because. They've earned already college credits. They're also feeling more prepared because they're engaged in college level curricula. And so it's a no brainer. We also provide it at no cost to our students by virtue of uh, ACC paying the tuition in essence uh, for those high school students who wanna take those dual credit classes. And so it, it's an opportunity, it's a resource, you know, uh, that we, we highly encourage more students to take advantage of. It only prepares you for greater success and helps you in terms of a, a time to degree. Um, what I'll have to say about the dual enrollment, uh, where, where we, what, what, what we struggled with in terms of dual enrollment is yeah. that our dual credit was that when our enrollment numbers dipped over the past couple of years because of the pandemic, 
it was mostly because our dual enrollment numbers, our early college high school numbers um, mm -hmm. were waning just by virtue of just how sure. AISD uh, and their, their uh, virtual education hybrid models uh, were functioning, didn't necessarily mesh exactly to the way that ACC was operating. And, and that yeah. was my product of just different types of uh, leadership decisions. Uh, what I'll say is that our ACC's uh, enrollment is increasing thanks to AISD re able to reestablish that uh, early college high school dual enrollment kind of presence uh, that we were seeing great success with prior to the pandemic. And so I share all that to say is that now that again, and I know that there's still COVID out there and there probably always will yeah. be. And I'm hoping sure. that we're all mindful and and mm -hmm. listen to the, the science that is out there in terms of when was needed to mask or vaccines. Sure. You name it. Yeah, we're starting to see a rebound there and, and, and going back to pre-pandemic levels of success. Dr. Gonzalez, remind 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 our listening audience, what, what is the percentage of Latino students enrolled in Austin Community College? So right now, when you break down the student demographics, they're mm -hmm. about 40 percent. ACC is about 40 percent Latino Hispanic. And so um, that is a very impressive number in terms of having a ecosystem, a college that is truly representing the community. Uh, yeah. What I will say is that at 25 percent uh, um, enrollment uh, of Latino Hispanic students, you get designated as a Hispanic serving institution. I was going to say, yeah. And with that, you get some additional federal funds, you get some additional recognition of, of having a commitment to meeting the needs of Latino community members. Um, why I bring that up is that ACC is not just a Hispanic serving institution. We have been recognized by Deborah Santiago, who you referenced earlier, mm -hmm. at Excelencia, uh, yeah. for the commitment and work that ACC is doing in terms of educating Latino students. And so what that means is that we've proven that we are very, we're not, we're not just putting out programs and, and, and slapping, you know, some type of branding around it and, and yeah. calling ourselves uh, Hispanic serving. Uh, we are very intentional with trying to reach the Latino community. We're very yeah. uh, intentional about creating spaces and hiring faculty members to meet the needs of our Latino students and really all of our students, but yeah. for purposes of this conversation, Latino students. Um, and again, it's that intentionality that is being recognized by an organization like Excelencia that recognizes national organizations across the countries. And yeah. uh, to be a community college and also on that list is, uh, is very impressive. That's awesome. I remember a couple of years ago when you guys were doing a marketing campaign and I remember you all focused and highlighted students, actual students who are currently enrolled in ACC. And I think the tagline was, I am ACC. Uh, and so it was great and impressive to see a lot of young people from our community being represented in your marketing efforts. For those who are not familiar with Austin Community College, you mentioned some of the other communities you serve. So roughly how many campuses do you guys have? How, what's the total number of students that you guys um, serve? Uh, and then I know that one of the things that ACC is exploring is potentially uh, another bond election uh, this November. Um, and, and I know some of the things you all are focused on are expanding uh, childcare offerings and uh, obviously looking at things around faculty and staff compensation, those issues. So let's talk a little bit about some of those issues, Dr. Gonzalez. Yes. So, I mean, if, if you think about our enrollment, we're about 50,000 and, you know, that is an impressive number. So 50,000, you know, 60,000, that fluctuates, yeah. uh, but, but it is a large institution, um, you know, bigger than, than, than most four-year institutions. And those students that we serve are really running the gambit in terms of demo demographics. And so we're talking about that first time in college student, that dual credit student who may be a high schooler at yeah. 18, um, you know, and, and taking a couple classes here and there. Uh, but as we saw at our recent commencement, which was the biggest commencement that we've had in person uh, ever um, at the HEB uh, Center in Cedar Park, uh, we have our students in, in, our, in their 50s and 60s, you know, coming back and finishing their degrees, really recognizing that this was the, their life's pursuit. And they wanted to set an example for their family members. And, and of course, as I mentioned, the demographics really running the gambit from 40% Latino, about, you know, 12% uh, African-American, a smaller percent Asian-American. Um, and, and again, uh, really trying to be intentional with regards to not just serving um, Austin proper, but even as we start talking about you know, our total service area, which includes six counties. So we, we are, we have campuses in Williamson County, 
We have campuses in Travis County, of course, campuses in Hayes County. Uh, we also serve uh, Bastrop, Caldwell, and Lee County. And, and really, uh, when we talk about serving some of those other counties, we're, we're talking about the partnerships that we have uh, in terms of school districts. You know, it's not just AISD, Round Rock ISD. Uh, you know, we're talking about uh, Caldwell. Uh, we, we, serve a, we serve a large footprint that's only growing by virtue of the, the mass uh, flight in terms of folks coming into Austin. And so um, we are all over the place and um, this bond that we are potentially pursuing uh, and we're trying doing some exploratory conversations around this coming November uh, will allow us to better serve Again, not just the central folks here uh, in terms of Austin and Highland. I think we've done that pretty well through our bond that we are recently we're wrapping up um, from 2014. Mm -hmm. But really thinking about how can we expand to our other hubs in Round Rock and down in, in um, uh, Hayes County as well. And so um, that, that that's where we're at right now. And again, we can't allow uh, our growth to, uh, we can't allow the, the growth and, and, and the, uh, the, the flights of Austin yeah. uh, to, to go without any kind of engagement. And so we're trying to do our best to recognize that as folks are moving further and further out because yeah. of the rising costs of housing. Yes, affordability issues, all those things, yes. We're trying to meet them where they're at. Absolutely. And, and as you were saying that, I was, I was going to say, well, then that just means that there's more opportunities Absolutely. for our Latino communities, uh, especially here in Central Texas. So Lily, at the very beginning of, your, uh, of our program in your bio, she mentioned that you were appointed to the Austin Community College Board of Trustees in April. And that's because you came in to fill an unexpired term of somebody who stepped away. Uh, but that also means that now you're up for re-election uh, th this November. And I have to say, as a recovering uh, AISD board trustees, I think it's important for our listeners to know that even though these are elected positions, you don't have staff, you don't get paid. And so we mentioned and Lily read your very impressive resume and, and all the things that you're doing and the fact that you have a, a young family, three children, uh, that uh, this is, you know, volunteer time and this is true public service. And so... Uh, so how do you feel about um, facing or coming up to a, a re-election this November? You, you know, uh, I, I enjoy it. So, so what I'll say is somebody who, as somebody who enjoys higher education, somebody who also works in higher education, yeah. somebody who grew up in a community college, and then also who's somebody who just enjoys politics and policy and having these kind of conversations uh, in the community, trying to emphasize why it's important to be engaged and, and, and why is it important to be registered for voting, to vote, and, and, and not just in the, the presidential elections, but in the midterms and in yeah. any kind of primary, because again, yeah. this is where we have our opportunity to, to you know, share our voice. Um, it, it's it's exciting. Uh, my family is a higher education family. My wife works at UT Austin as an administrator. My kids, uh, for better or worse, they're always on a college campus. And, and I say for better awesome. or worse because I know that sometimes the, they get in the way of things. And, and we're always very thankful that the campuses and the institutions that we've worked at have been very family friendly and view higher education as a family endeavor. And so um, I see great value in higher education. I see higher education as the gateway to opening so many other doors. Ooh. And I see that our community, uh, you know, people who, who I grew up with uh, often um, recognize a little bit later in life that that was what there was, was missing in terms of their uh, trajectory, in terms of professional growth. Yeah. Uh, but recognizing that community colleges are always there with open doors and welcoming folks back in. And so um, to be a part of these conversations, to really uh, make people aware about the value of, of workforce development, the value of, of higher education, to show people what we can do um, with the credential or degree. I mean, those are things that I enjoy doing. And again, I'm, I'm just happy to raise the awareness of, of what ACC has to offer. Well, we appreciate you uh, and your willingness to step up and serve our community as an elected official, because as I mentioned earlier, uh, it's a volunteer gig and, and you have enough on your plate and you have a, a family. And so the fact that you are willing to um, provide this public service, much needed public service and representation and advocacy for our community is 
is greatly appreciated, Dr. Gonzalez. We appreciate that. So uh, I want to move on because Lily's texting me um, because she wants to make sure that we cover the cheese part of the program. And so uh, <laughs> this is always a, a, a fun part of our program. We call it Un Pajarito Me Dijo. Puedes guardar un secreto. Que dice el chisme? Or dicen por allí, uh, as they say. And so for the record, as I mentioned, uh, Lily is the one who comes up with these questions. And she usually will text them or email them to Chris and I before we go live. And so these are questions, uh, Dr. Gonzalez, coming from Lily. And we sort of we sort of started our, <laughs> our, our program at the very beginning when we mentioned uh, that you were from from uh, from Houston, and we were specifically wanting to know which part of Houston uh, you were raised. So, uh, so her first question is: Who has better Mexican food, Houston or Austin? <laughs> and remind you, we have about ten thousand listeners. Who I are know, listening right? To your answer right now. <laughs> I, you know what I'll say is that I I've, I finally found a, a couple of places in, in Austin that 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 speak to me that remind me of home. Uh, uh, you know, and but broke my heart when I found out that that one of them was was shuddering soon. Uh, La Mexicana uh, right there on South First. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh. That, that broke my heart, but but at the same time I I applaud I applaud them. You know for for. Uh, having success and realizing, you know what, I want to enjoy, uh, you know, uh, being able to to retire and move on. But uh, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. it's tough. I I gotta say, I gotta go with Houston on that one, just because. <laughs> uh, okay, program's over. Goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'm logging off. I'm, I'm logging off. Yeah. But, but with that time said, to go. Time to go. I, 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 I am looking for recommendations, so I can be swayed. If, oh, okay. If, really, okay. if you have okay. a, a, a Tex-Mex or, or authentic, you know, Mexican place to, to go to for for a particular, uh, you know, migas. Yeah, I mean, um, Joe's that's bakery. usually breakfast. You know, Wait, I, Cisco's, Cisco's for me, guys. And so Cisco's, Cisco's is Joe's my favorite. Bakery. I would say. Joe's Bakery, Bakery and Cisco's yeah. are my favorite. Amaya's has good migas too. Amaya's Taco Bell. And, and I'm always looking for for tamales. And so, oh, you know, with, with that, um, you know, <laughs> I, I'm I'm always kind of uh, touring around to see which ones uh, will 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 stick with me. It's All always right, the well, cousin or the grandma that has the best. Know, There's right? not like a place. It's just the family, <laughs> the well, neighborhood tamale lady. Exactly. If, if I were if I were, if I had to pick an Austin location, Cisco's. Uh, is my is my favorite. Oh, there you go. There you go. Well, so Chris got in the action this week, so he texted me this question. Are you a Texan or Cowboys fan? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. This is like, this is war right here, man. We're going about to have a protest. This is a good one. This is a good one. This is a good question. So I have I have Lani Limon, Constable George Morales, Jose Velasquez also texting me. They want to know the answer to this question. So I, I, I'll say this. I'm a Texan fan, but Ooh. Tony Romo, oh. uh, being Mexicano from Muskies, <laughs> you know, like, like there was something, and, and I'm honest with this, like there is such a a, a limited representation of, of Latino uh, athletes, of heroes in pop culture, and so when I see somebody there, you know, being successful, like I gravitate that to that. So Tony, wow, Romo, wow. Well, I don't know if uh, Chris, Lily, y'all, if y'all have seen Manny's uh, Facebook page, but I think he shared that meme about uh, who had more rings, Jennifer Lopez or the Dallas Cowboys. Oh. So I think, <laughs> I think, uh, I think, think Doctor Gonzalez had that on his Facebook page. I know, right? I I, I send a lot of uh, Dallas Cowboy memes to all my friends whenever uh, the Cowboys lose. How about the Cowboys? Wow, come on, Doctor, come on now. Wow. I, I feel like y'all got to give me y'all. Y'all are setting me up for failure here. Wow. Okay. <laughs> Let me move on. Let me move on. Okay. So the last question is: Your favorite school district in Austin City Limits is. Is it AISD? Is it Del Valley ISD? Is it Mainer ISD? Pflugerville ISD? And then the other part of that question is your favorite uh, ISD trustee. And it could be past or present. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> this is a loaded question, right? Uh, no, yeah, man, these are tough. These are A-A-S-D tough A-A-S-D questions. You know what? I appreciate all trustees who are able to uh, bring up the difficult questions that need to be asked about equity, about are we are we hiring and, and the right leaders for our institutions? Are we providing opportunities for diverse leaders who reflect the communities that we're trying to serve? Are we hiring leaders who will be mindful of the needs of today's students? And so, you know, I, I don't want to hire a leader from a big city just because they're from a big city. 
I yeah. want to hire a leader who's somebody who is understanding of the dynamics needed in today's environment, whether that's pandemic or not, whether that's school finance or not. And so, you know, I say that uh, in great admiration of you, Paul, for some of the uh, difficult questions you. that you brought up. Uh, I really like Tiffany Harrison in Round Rock ISD. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Arthi Singh is, is asking some tough questions as Absolutely. well. And so, um, there, there are a lot of, I, I, you know, I, what I appreciate again is that it's a, it's a, in order to be a trustee, you're doing it as a labor of love. You're not getting, Absolutely. you're not doing it for the money. You're definitely not doing it because street cred, because nobody knows your name. Yeah. Uh, you're doing it because you, you see value in, in really trying to provide leadership for the educational institution that you're trying to support. And so, um, uh, I appreciate all of those. All right. Well, you survived. You did well. You did well. We had some other uh, guests who didn't who didn't survive. We had to cut it up, cut them off. <laughs> it did great. It did great. I, I, I'm going to be a little curious if this gets uh, edited. And it, and it <laughs> All right. Well, I, mean, that, Chris. Be, yeah, I don't know uh, when after Chris. Well, Chris heard your response to the Texan Cowboys, but he may just edit this whole part out. I don't, I don't know. know. Hey, well, well, can we at least all, all agree that the San Antonio Spurs? Yeah, I'm good. I'm good. Spurs. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, yeah, San Antonio yeah. Spurs. That's cool. But you know, honestly, <laughs> wait a minute. Let, let's 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 put the Cowboys aside for a second. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Are you a Longhorn fan? Oh, there you go. There you that's go. That's important. Long, yeah. That's now, right. I, I mean, um, I, I I never missed a football game during all my my years of grad school, which were seven, and. Uh, so all right. I a lot of those games. <laughs> all right. Because and, yeah. and they were they were good at first, you know, during my grad school years, and there were some really tough years during the latter half. But uh, oh, yeah. of course, some other. Right. Well, yeah, that that's a blood in blood out question right there, brother. So <laughs> <laughs> your your response was good. All right, man. Well, here's here's uh, we always ask our our, our guest uh, our closing remarks is you know what's the call to action for us as individuals and for us as a as a community. So what I would say is that for a call to action in terms of uh, what I tell any folks that I talk to in terms of communities uh, as I'm engaging in these conversations about the bond, about ACC upcoming elections, is yeah. just be informed and be plugged in. So if you're listening to this, you're already doing some of the things that we ask folks to be a part of. And that's just engaging with your community members, your community leaders to get a better sense of what are the issues at hand. And, and not just taking it face value, but asking multiple folks and then asking them to also get engaged because really what it takes in terms of making uh, a difference is just, you know, you and then a friend and another friend, all of a sudden you have a, a critical mass of folks who are not just engaged, but then moving to do something about that. And which in the case for ACC, uh, I hope you all go out and, and be, become informed about the trustee elections. We will have three seats coming up, uh, four, five, and six um, uh, this November. And then of course, a potential bond. And, and so become better informed about what that bond will, will mean. Yeah. Uh, in that bond, we're talking about issues related to um, trying to meet the needs of, of various regions Brown Rock, Central, and South Austin, uh, but then also trying to meet the needs of the growing uh, industries that are coming into our area. So creating a workforce development center in East Austin. And we see this as, as just being a boom for our area. And so um, don't just take my word for it. Come to a community meeting, reach out to me via email. Love to share more information. I will do one-off meetings. I will do meetings for large audience and uh, whatever I can do to help spread the word of all the great work that's being done at ACC's campus. But be engaged, be plugged in and ask good questions. Awesome, awesome. Well, Dr. Gonzalez, Manny, because uh, you're in Mano now. And so we, we uh, thank you again for your leadership. I want to, before we close it out, I want to turn it over to Lily, talk a little bit more about some of the ongoings of Abla Ivota Action Fund Pack. And Lily, I forgot to send you the script, so read your text that I just sent you. <laughs> yeah, no, real quick, though, I just, Dr. Gonzalez, I just want to say thank you for all that you do for ACC. Yeah, I myself, exactly. I went back, you know, I, I did stumble a few times right after I graduated high school. And it, ACC, no matter what day, they took me back and my GPA just rose. The resources were amazing. I mean, I even love the food there. Guys, ACC wow. is what's up. Like, yeah. if you are considering it, if you are just, it's just an, a prospect out there, take Dr. Gonzalez's advice. Just go walk around a campus, get a feel for the atmosphere. It, the energy is so 
amazing. I, I just can't stress yeah. it enough. Like a I was, I was, there. I was there from, uh, I was there for ten years. They finally kicked me off a of Riverside campus, and right. I had to go to the, to the, to the, to the one on the east side. And shit, Chris is still there, I think. <laughs> yeah, Eastview, Eastview. East I love those. Yeah. Hey, I, I teach mm-hmm. class there. Okay. Oh, there you go. There you go. Okay. No, it's always all good. It's all good. It was all good. Lily, talk Thank about Abel Bota. Yes, the Abel Bota Action Fund is dedicated to supporting the next generation of Latino leaders, candidates, and allies. Our initiatives include voter registration, voter education, candidate forums, endorsements, membership, and fundraising. We have multiple levels of members. Students are 100% welcome. Yeah. You're able to reach out to us on Abla Ivota's Facebook page, um, Twitter, Abla ATX, or email us at ablaivota at gmail.com. And guys, we're planning to endorsing to endorse the November 22 elections, and you can help us endorsing by becoming voting members. So reach out to us, reach out to us, ablaivota at gmail.com. And we will we be endorsing have, in the ACC yeah. Board of Trustee races too, just so, just so you ACC know. So I'm going to have to think about Manny's responses to the cheesemic questions, but you know. Now you tell me. I would have. We also, guys, just a heads up, we're going to try it. Let's get our gente to be registered to vote. It's so important. You know, our vote is our voice. So we can put the power of voices and votes in the ballot box in November 2022, starting Thursday, next Thursday, July 28th, and every Thursday following that, we will be at Joe's Bakery, mm-hmm. and you're welcome to stop by, just chit-chat, find out what we're about. If you know someone that needs to update their voter registration or they, they're not registered to vote. Just bring them on down, get a cup of coffee, get some pandulce. Hey, Chris is buying tacos that Thursday, that right. first third of July. He's buying all the tacos hey. and he's buying all the pandulce mm-hmm. and, and the pink cake. So, so, you got it. Chorizo <laughs> con huevo. That's for me. Chorizo uh, con huevo. What, what's the recommendation at Joe's? Well, I, I, carne guisada, hands down. Oh. Yeah, carne menudo, I would good. say menudo. Yeah, the, yeah, menudo is good. Like the carne guisada is good. I have to I have to agree with Chris on that one. The carne guisada is, is, is pretty dang good. Yeah. So, so when I go, I'm going to ask for, for, for the Chris special. Actually, ask for the Joey Rocha plate. Oh, there you go. Everything on it. <laughs> that's right. That's right. That's right. That's right. So that starts when, Lily? Tell her, remind us again, that starts when? So Thursday, July 28th, we will be right. there starting, I believe, at 9 a.m. So the last day to register to vote for the November 8th election is October 11th. Right. So once again, guys, reach out to us, ablevota.gmail.com. Also, awesome. if you are a volunteer deputy register of VDR, come volunteer with us or, you know, just reach out to us. We're going to be doing efforts in multiple places. Yep. Um, and we just love to collaborate. So ablevota at gmail.com. We're a really cool group, guys. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you guys uh, reach out to us on the Hatahano Facebook page or uh, any of the Abla Facebook pages and Twitter pages, and uh, one of us will get back to you. Okay, mi gente, we are out of time. Thanks for tuning in. We want to thank our hermano, Dr. Uh, Manuel Gonzalez, for his leadership, his advocacy and representation at Austin Community College and certainly within uh, our community. Don't forget to join us here every Sunday morning at 9 o'clock right here in Hatahano while you're enjoying your cafecito, your taquito, uh, your carne quesada from Joe's Bakery, uh, all that good stuff. You know, we plan to bring additional <laughs> Latino community leaders, candidates, panelists to discuss la política, the chisme and the importance of our voices and votes right here in Abla y Bota. Thank you to my co-producers, Chris Tahanaman Tristan and our hermanita Lily Samaripa Science. To quote my mama, I te watcho. We'll see you guys next week. I'm sending this back over to Chris in the studio. Chris. This has been another episode of Abla y Bota.